Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Mind Movement Health Podcast. I'm your host, Kate Boyle, and this week on the show, we are looking at our top five most listened to episodes for 2022. Now, I can't believe that we are only a few days until Christmas, and in saying that, a few days until we reach the end of this year. So what better time to reflect and have a listen to some of our most listened to moments on the podcast this year. So maybe you listen to them, maybe you missed these episodes, but I really hope you enjoy some of our guest experts and everything that they have to share in these episodes, as well as some of the other things that I've shared throughout the year that uh, have become the most listened to episodes. So let's have a listen in. Hi, I'm Kate Boyle and welcome to the Mind Movement Health Podcast. Each week, I'll be bringing you health information from diet and lifestyle to movement and nutrition. My aim is to bring you bite-sized pieces of information that you can instigate into your everyday life to change your health. Okay, so starting with our first episode, it is moving forward and getting unstuck with psychotherapist Kristen Boyce. Now, Kristen is amazing. She shares so much valuable information in this episode, and it was definitely one of the most enjoyable and in-depth talks that I had this year, and I really felt like we connected on another level. So I really hope you enjoyed this short little clip from that interview uh, because Kristen has so much valuable information to share. Yeah. And I would, <laughs> I would say that for some people, I mean, that's really hard to do. Even you just saying then, you know, people pleasing, you know, learning your own boundaries, uh, you know, I can put my hand up to that because even though I set clear, I feel like I set clear boundaries in the moment you know, I feel empathy towards a person or I feel bad that I'm not giving my time and I cave in. Like I'll admit I do it. (laughs) Yes, it's hard. I mean, at the end of the day, I'm making it sound so easy. Just, you know, have these boundaries and boundaries are what's okay with us, what's not okay. And then we end up saying yes to a lot of things that we really wanted to say no to because we're afraid. We're afraid of not belonging. We're afraid of rejection. We're afraid of judgment. We're afraid of not being liked. And so that kind of drives the train for a lot of us until we decide, you know what? I'm exhausted. I'm overwhelmed. I'm stressed. I'm tired. My body's kind of taking a hit, right? It starts falling apart. And it's signaling to us, our bodies are telling us so much information, but we're many of us are disconnected from our bodies. And so the first step is like, okay, what is my body telling me? Oh, I have a pit in my stomach. When someone asked me, can you bring cookies to, I'm making this up, but whatever, (laughs) bring something. And in my stomach, I'm like, oh, I don't want to do that. But my fear says, well, what if they don't like me? What if they think I'm selfish? What if they don't think I contribute? Oh my gosh, I want to belong. Yeah. We have a whole dialogue in our head, right? 100%. I'm like, they are things that go through my head all the time. (laughs) Yes, because we're human. And our number one need is to feel like we are lovable, that we belong, that we're understood, that we're special. Like we want to feel like we're part of something and relationships are where we feel like we're going to get that connection. We're going to get that sense of um, worthiness, 
belonging. Like those are all things that we all crave. And that makes sense. And then the cost, if we aren't our true self, is we feel more lonely and disconnected when what are we looking for? Connection. Yeah. So it's actually the opposite. The opposite. <laughs> exactly. So how do we start to take those steps to respect the boundaries that we create for ourselves? First step, and this is this is the biggest thing, is to get centered and connect to yourself. Because what we do is we kind of automatically give an automatic response to something, or we are so driven based on our patterns of behavior. Like, well, this is this is what I've been conditioned to say yes to. Otherwise, then I look like I'm not giving and I look selfish. So the first thing is getting connected to your own body through the breath. And this is something that many people teach. And until you start doing it, I'll have clients come in and I'll like, okay, we're going to breathe. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm paying for therapy <laughs> and we're going to breathe. Like, really? This is what we're doing? And I say, the reason why we're doing this is to slow things down, to slow that those looping thoughts down, to get you connected to the present moment, to get you connected to how you feel and regulate your nervous system. So the first thing I really teach people to get recentered is slowing things down is through the breath. So, so we do square breathing in through the nose, we hold Don't. and then slowly exhale out the mouth. So yeah. You probably are familiar with this. I'm going to say, I love this because being a Pilates instructor and working with people in pain, the exact same thing happens. They come in for class and their first lesson, we start with the breath. And the same thing, they think, I'm here to use all this equipment. You're supposed to be working my core. Why are we starting with the breath? And the same thing, so that they can be centered in their body. They can actually feel and connect to the muscles that they're activating, drop into, you know, it's very funny because a lot of people will get very emotional and they will cry yes. or they were, and they get so embarrassed. And I say it happens quite a bit because once you actually stop and start connecting into your body, you become, you know, you connect to more of your emotions and things start to free up. So yeah, I love that you do that in your sessions as well in a totally different field. I love this conversation beyond in what you're doing, because that's so true. The minute you have someone start breathing, I would say 75% of the time, emotion comes up and they're like, I don't even know why I'm crying. That yeah. will be like you just said, I don't even know why I'm crying because we haven't slowed things down enough to connect to what's really going on in the inside. And then there's a lot of shame. People feel like, well, something's wrong with me. You know, I'm not good enough or I'm embarrassed or I'm humiliated. And I say, this is actually progress. Reframing it like you letting out emotion is healthy for your body, for your nervous system, for your mental and emotional health. That's wellness. Like letting yourself let the release what what's being held in the body. They'll go, well, I, I feel like I'm regressing. And I'm like, yeah, I hear you because you're not used to letting that out and it being okay. Okay. Next on our list was 
the Power of Breathwork episode. Now, breathwork has become super popular the last few years, and we and myself utilize it so much when I'm teaching people Pilates, when I'm doing Pilates, you know, when I'm working with my clients. And that you know, development of your breath, that connection to your breath can be so powerful in so many ways. So I am super glad and I really love the fact that this was one of the most listened to episodes because you can gain so much value just by taking out, you know, a simple minute from your day to spend some time on breathing. So I really hope you enjoy this clip. And if you have or haven't heard of what breath work is, it's simply tuning into our bodies and utilizing our breath, our inhales and our exhales at certain speeds and at rates to get maximum benefits for our health. And we can do it in various different ways. So we might slow down our breath. We might speed up our breath. If you ever go to a breath work class, they will guide you through doing different types of breaths for different periods of time. You might do it to music. You might not. And you will find that you get different responses from your body depending on how you're breathing. Now, when we are talking about breath work, if we really want to get maximum benefits, If possible, we want to breathe through our nose. So we want to really take that nice cleansing breath, that inhale through our nose. Now, that's really important because nasal breathing helps to reduce the risk of disease and helps to improve our immunity. It also increases our oxygen uptake and circulation, and it reduces the risk of snoring and sleep apnea. So it helps to improve our lung volume and promote slower breath. So it keeps us in that parasympathetic or that rest and digest or that calmer state so that we don't feel stressed and that our cortisol levels aren't spiking and going super high. So there are lots and lots of benefits, obviously, from breathing through our nose. And it might take some practice. So if you're a mouth breather, and so many of us are, and I know I am at certain, you know, depending on what activity I'm doing, sleeping is one of them that I'm trying to work on. um, And we'll delve into that too. But, you know, learning to breathe through your nose is super important for all those benefits. Okay. And many, many more. And if you have any trouble doing it, again, take it slowly. Just do normal breathing. See if you can breathe in through that nose. I know it's definitely harder for some people if you have sinus issues and things like that. And sometimes it's easier at different times of the year, depending what's happening with uh, pollen and colds and flus and that type of thing. But if we can work towards really trying to develop and tune into that nasal breathing, then we're going to get so many more benefits than if we just stick to mouth breathing. So if we can, we want to breathe Breathe in through the nose and breathe out through the nose. Otherwise, breathe in through the nose and breathe out through the mouth. So you can definitely play around with that. Now, the reason why slowing down our breathing and trying to tune into doing that nasal breathing, well, another reason why, you know, it kind of works and helps us, keeps us in that parasympathetic state is because the lower lobes of the lungs are covered in nerves that are connected to the parasympathetic nervous system. Now, one of the reasons why our long, slow breaths breaths are so relaxing is because the deeper and more softly that we breathe in and the longer that we exhale, the more slowly our heart will beat 
and the karma we will feel. So it's all interconnected there with that parasympathetic nervous system. Now, just as long as slow breaths help to calm and keep the nerve system in that parasympathetic state, the opposite is true as well. So if we start to speed up our breaths and do quick, you know, shorter breaths, then that is going to upregulate the nerve system. It's going to increase blood flow. It's going to increase cortisol production, our stress hormone, and our adrenaline levels too. And it readies the body for a response. So that's our flight or fight response when we're in the sympathetic uh, nerve system state. So the blood gets diverted to the muscles and the brain away from the stomach so that you're ready to run and fight and flee as you need. So that's kind of the, you know, how it happens, you know, with our breath and how we can just using our breath alone, either stimulate ourselves to move into that sympathetic nervous system where we're upregulating, getting ready to fight and flee, or we can downregulate our nervous system with slower, more relaxed, deeper breaths to take us into that parasympathetic state or that rest and digest state. Okay, segueing now to our third most listened to episode of this year, and that is Weight Loss and Spiritual Awakening with intuitive health coach and author, Sarah Garofalo. Now, Sarah is so lovely. She talks about weight loss, but talks about it on a different level. We all know, you know, that when we want to lose weight, we have to eat healthy, adopt some healthy habits, but she talks about how we need to change our mindset and connect to our spirit and really, you know, maybe make some of those decisions that are super hard, but will help take us on the right path. So I know you guys love this episode and I hope you enjoy this clip. You know, I've been on a bit of a, you know, weight loss struggle over the years and I've taken weight off and I've put it back on and maybe, you know, listening to this, they're thinking maybe the spiritual side is something that I need to tap into. Besides sort of, you know, starting with that sort of mindfulness and, trying to build that awareness. Is there anything else that you do with your clients to start to help them lose that weight, but then keep that weight off? Because I think that's one of the main things I know people reach out to me and say, I lose, I can lose the weight, but I can't keep it off. It always comes back. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to uh, a discussion, which is, a, I call it the subconscious realm. Um, that's what people don't understand. Okay, here's the thing. You think that you're making conscious decision these days. Conscious decision, which means, hey, I'm losing the weight. I'm following this diet. Yet there are programmed um, conscious beliefs and programmed um, pathways in your brain that are storing the subconscious mind that are dictating your behavior today. So 5% is your conscious brain. The other 95% is your subconscious brain. So what I work on with my clients is getting those road blockages out of the way because otherwise they keep themselves stuck in a cycle. Yeah, which I'm sure a lot of people can relate to. (laughs) Yeah, that's a pattern. Hey, I can lose the weight. I can't maintain it what is happening. So let's make it a little bit more tangible because probably people are like, okay, like how can I make it more tangible? So the tangible way here to start is stop 
trying to do things perfectly and stop trying to gain to um, lose, sorry, lose too much weight too fast. So I want people to look at this as a lifestyle change. It's going to be step by step. And what I'm trying to achieve here is balance, which means look for nutritious foods versus counting calories. I can tell you right away, like if you start eating whole foods today, it's going to look different in one month. After doing that, we start noticing patterns because they come up. Hey, I'm stressed out. And that's what I do when I'm stressing out. (laughs) Then we break patterns. I reach for the chocolate. (laughs) There it is. Or, and there are different patterns. So everyone is different. I noticed that people do either the Monday through Friday. Mm. The low calories, very strict on healthy foods, but low calories. And then the weekend comes and they just have so much fun. And they've been in a restricted kind of mode, even though they're not aware that they're doing that, but they're so busy working. And then they gain it all back and the body's like, well, you didn't give me enough food during the week. I'm going to store it. And every month or every year, it's a little bit more. So people need to find balance throughout the week. And go. they need to start going towards nutritious foods rather than um, empty, empty calories. Yeah, I 100% agree. I always tell my clients, you know, go back to just the whole foods, just fruits and veggies and things that grow and, you know, as many or as few ingredients, you know, steer clear of the packets where you can um, for general eating and, you know, nothing is off limits essentially, but, you know, sticking with that whole food diet first and foremost is really going to serve you well if you're trying to maintain a healthy weight and live a healthy life essentially. Yeah, and don't go into, hey, I'm on a diet, I'm going to restrict everything. Like you said, be okay with having nice desserts or whatever you're choosing throughout the day. Like people think that in order to be healthy, and I see this on social media, they show you this green fridge full of greens and (laughs) people who drink juices and eat salads every day. I'm like, I don't eat like that. Hey, I'm coming from Italy. I eat pasta, I eat veggies, I eat fruit, but it's in moderations here. And my fridge does not look perfectly green, but I'm still healthy. So there is a little bit of an unrealistic view of what healthy means, I believe. Oh, 100%. And I agree because I see those pictures on social media and I think, geez, that looks beautiful. But also to me, I look at it too and go, it's all arranged so it looks pretty, but none of it's stored correctly. The veg would go off in a day. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm like, yeah, it all looks fantastic, but realistically it's not how a fridge is going to look, especially not if you have kids and work and exactly. you know, there's leftovers <laughs> and, you know, jars and all of these half empty things in the fridge that comes through. So I definitely agree a hundred percent. Hi everyone. Sorry for the interruption to this podcast episode, but I wanted to let you know that I'm running a free workshop series from January 3rd to 13th to help you make sure that 2023 is the year that you can get back into shape. Now, if you are wanting to lose weight, if you're wanting to get fitter, build some strength and flexibility and eliminate pain, then join me for these free workshops. 
And don't worry if you can't make them live, I'll have you covered because there will be recordings available. I'll be sharing simple strategies that you can implement straight away to help you kick off your 2023 with the best version of yourself. Now, to sign up for these free mini workshops, head on over to the podcast show notes page and sign up now. I can't wait to see you online for these workshops and kick off 2023 with a bang. Did you enjoy that? I really hope you did. So now we're going to move on to our fourth most listened to episode, and that is osteoarthritis and living a highly active life with osteoarthritis wellness specialist, Valerie Baczynski. Now, I have a lot of clients that I work with that suffer from osteoarthritis. It is quite common and the symptoms can be severe, but there is so much we can do to help reduce the pain and the symptoms. And Valerie is an expert on this. So another great episode. I was really happy you know, to do this episode with Valerie because she is such a wealth of information. So I hope you enjoy listening to her expertise too. You know, the statistics are a little strange. Um, They say most people who have osteoarthritis are under 65, but it is more common to be diagnosed with osteoarthritis the older that you get. Yeah. And for you, what was it like being diagnosed with that at such a young age? So, well, I was 27 and I was um, probably a a bit emotionally immature at the time. I still had a bit of that teenager rebelliousness um, carrying over. Um, and when I was told, so I was um, just getting into um, hiking and stuff, and that was really healing for me. And I really needed to to do that. And I, I went to my doctor, I had some knee pain. And when she uh, sent me for x-rays, and then when she was telling me the x-ray results, she told me, that I I had uh, arthritis in both knees and that I should just learn to put my feet up and relax. Oh. (laughs) Which, yeah, really was an option uh, for me at that time. So, you know, I kind of was just probably in denial at first. Um, You know, I, I I definitely rejected her advice. And that's a good thing because, you know, now we know that, um, one of the worst things that you can do with osteoarthritis is not move. Mm. Um, and then I was pretty much just stubborn and I, I pushed through, I dealt with the pain. I looked for ways to adapt, uh, to what I had, like, you know, I started using hiking poles, footwear became more important, uh, braces, um, NSAIDs. But, you know, mostly just a lot of uh, fortitude. It seems like hiking's always hurt for me. It's just <laughs> part of it. Um, so it's just, I've just learned to adapt back then. Yeah. Um, you know, I probably looked for some things to help, but um, I was a nurse. So I was, I did, was able to do, you know, I had some knowledge, but not really enough at that time to, um, you know, totally dive into the research and see what was known, although not as much was known back then as is known now. Yeah. And we'll dive into that in a little bit, but I just wanted to sort of touch on, I'm assuming that this is why, you know, obviously struggling with, you know, that sort of early diagnosis of osteoarthritis, it's probably what I'm assuming inspired you to then specialize in the field and help others because you've obviously gone through your own unique journey. 
Yes. Um, and it's, it's more than that. It's just that still, even though we have all this new knowledge, this, the old science is still being peddled out there, you know, um, everywhere, social media on, um, you know, health magazines that are on the internet, doctors, um, you know, they say it takes 24 years for new research to get into the hands of doctors. So what's really inspired me to, to work with this and to share what I know is that people are still being told the wrong thing. And people are there, they feel hopeless, they feel desperate, and there is such a need out there. Yeah. And young, you see it younger and younger now, too. Yeah, well, I know I had a client the other week in class, and she was, um, it's cold here in Australia at the minute, it's winter, and she was complaining that her big toe was really quite sore when she was walking, but no other time and no history of an injury. And she's 47. And I said, you know what? I said, it actually might be the start of arthritis. I said, we'll keep an eye on it. We'll do some mobilization exercises, but we'll just pay attention. Um, you know, we'll put some heat on it and see how it reacts and and sort of go through there. And she was a bit shocked because she was a bit like, I'm too young. Like I'm in my 40s. Yeah. It couldn't possibly be something like that. So yeah, I I noticed that. And that was somebody in their 40s, let alone their 20s. Yep. You see that a lot. Yeah. yeah. It's um, definitely, and people have this image that it's the old hunched over person who has osteoarthritis, but there's a lot of active people who want to stay active, who have it, who are diagnosed with it as well. And what has the research sort of brought through in the last 20 years? What has been the sort of, you know, new ways of working with arthritis and treating it? So the so I'll go into the old way, and I think probably a lot of people have this um, image of osteoarthritis. It's a, it's a wear and tear disease, right? So we have uh, cartilage in our joint, and the, the main purpose of the cartilage is to for, uh, provide a smooth gliding surface for our joints. And for some reason, um, with osteoarthritis, I don't, you know, when you really when you think about it. it kind of starts to sound a little crazy that all of a sudden the wearing that was perfectly fine for all those years in your life for some reason now the cartilage is starting to get worn down so that's the old thoughts on what caused it but over the past 20 years it's become widely accepted that it is uh, largely a inflammation driven uh, process that it is inflammation that is breaking down that is causing the body to break down the cartilage and that it involves much more than the cartilage that it involves the entire joint structure so it's not just the cartilage it's everything that surrounds it and to wrap up the top five we have the success plan you need to do. Now, in this episode, I shared some simple ways that we can achieve success and ensure that we're doing it in the quickest and most simple way possible. I also shared more info about the success plan we have inside the Mind Movement Health Membership to help all new members really kick off with a bang and succeed in whatever that they're choosing to do in their health. So, you know, I hope again you enjoy this nice short clip from this episode. What do we need for success? 
There are a few things that we need and that's what we're going to chat about today. And everybody is different as always, but when we're looking at trying to achieve success, to get there more quickly and in a more streamlined way with less, you know, bumps along the road, then we really need a plan. We need some type of plan of action that is going to get us to move forward one step at a time to be able to reach our goals. So you guys know I'm a huge believer in 1% changes. So very small steps or 1% changes on a regular basis. Say you do, you know, 1% change a day over seven days, you've improved by 7%. So when you look at it at the bigger picture, that percentage change is huge, okay? And if we do that over a period of time, we can really make big change. And more importantly, we can make big changes that actually stick. So they become new habits and part of our everyday life. So they don't seem hard and laborsome because if they are, we just don't do it. We don't follow through. So having that plan is super important and working with an expert to get that plan, again, so many studies have shown that if you're working with an expert, you are going to achieve your goals quicker because they've got the expertise in the field. So whether or not you are wanting to lose weight and you're working with a nutritionist or dietitian, or maybe you want to put on some lean muscle mass and you're going to work with a strength coach, or maybe you want to take your business to the next level and you work with a business coach. Whatever it is in whatever area of your life, working with an expert or an expert that has designed a plan for you is the way to go if you can. It can just really streamline everything. Just make it super simple because they are just going to give you the very efficient things you need to do to get to where you want to be. So, We have our plan for success. We have that ready to go. But we also need to make sure that that plan seems doable for us and fairly easy. So often I'll work with clients in the studio in the Pilates setting and they'll come in with an injury and we will, you know, I make a plan after doing their postural assessment and going through their injury history and getting a really detailed health history and then starting to teach them the basics. I make a plan of how I'm going to get them to where they are now, to where they want to be. And then they often ask for some exercises to do at home. And this is where the ease needs to come in. It's again, really well studied, but if you give people more than three exercises, they won't do them because the brain feels it's just too hard. That's too much to have to concentrate on. It's too much time. We tend to make excuses of all the things that we reasons why we can't do it. And so we don't follow through and then we don't get the results we want. So we want to limit it to three exercises for the average person that I see and they need to be simple. So how do I keep it simple? Well, I make sure that they don't need to use equipment. I make sure that it's in a range that they can do, i.e. if they have trouble standing and they can't stand up, then we're doing the exercises in a seated position, you know. So depending on what it is, we need to take away those barriers or the things that are going to make them feel resistant to following through. And that's the same with your success plan. So in the membership, the success plan we've designed to help encourage you to move is that the workouts are only 15 minutes, 15 minutes of Pilates. So really simple that you can add it into your day, nice and short. They don't require any equipment to do the workouts. All you need is you, your mat, and then to be able to watch the workout. So we're taking away as many of those resistances as we can so that we need to follow through. 
The next thing I want you to think about if you're creating your success plan is your why. And we've talked about our why before. You know, your why might be you want to lose weight so that you can play with your children. So that can be a really big why, okay? Because that's going to have a big effect on how you feel, on the happiness that you have, on the amount of energy you have to be able to play and interact with your kids. You may want to make sure that you start doing some strength work so that your shoulder stops dislocating. That's a pretty big why because dislocating shoulders often lead to surgery, which is more pain, you know, less happiness and a whole cycle that comes with pain too. So thinking about why you want to have this success plan for what you want to do is really important. And we've spoken before about previous on previous podcasts of why your needs to be big. It can't just be, I want to lose weight so that I look good in my bikini. Because at the end of the day, you're only going to be wearing your bikini very few times in the year. So the rest of the year, that why is not big enough to help you to keep follow through on your goals. So really think of that big picture why. And there we have it. They were our top five listen to episodes. I hope you guys enjoyed these short clips. I hope that they give you some information to muse on, reflect on. Maybe you'd heard it before and you just needed that nice little reminder, uh, but hopefully they will hold you in good stead for the new year that's coming. Let's hope it's an amazing one for everyone. If you celebrate Christmas, I hope you have a fantastic Christmas and holiday period and And we have one more episode coming up next week to round out 2022, which I cannot believe that we are there already. But anyway, stay tuned, stay well, have an amazing Christmas, and I'll see you next week on the podcast. Thanks for listening into the podcast. Please hit subscribe to be updated for each time we release a new podcast.